Welcome to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. We interview great guests who inspire you to overcome obstacles and achieve your goals. Be sure you visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, just relax as you listen. You can do something else, but be ready to make an important note. And let's get started. The title of this interview is Awakening Your Spiritual Self with Alicia Horalishin Frank. It's actually difficult to spell, but very easy to pronounce. It's a Ukrainian last name. She's a wonderful guest. Another coach from on the other, another coach from the other coast. I'm in Brooklyn. She's out. I think she's in San Diego, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, La Jolla. La Jolla. Very good. So welcome, Alicia. And let me tell the audience a little bit about Alicia. She's going to be talking about how she shares to become more conscious, compassionate, and frankly, happy through simple, simple techniques. Alicia is an NYU certified life coach relationship coach, Reiki master, meditation teacher, yogi instructor, and writer for Mind Body Green and the Chopra Center, who is best known for her empathic nature, non-judgmental approach, non-judgmental. I don't like that. No, I'm kidding. Of course, that is great. And lighthearted humor. I love that. I actually love all of that. That's fantastic. Uh, that we're, You know, it's typical for my guests to be of the same tribe. She's definitely of the same tribe. Her journey thus far has allowed her to experience an array of hardships and struggles. And that is something I really relate to. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into all this stuff uh, without being verbose, <laughs> which led her to find her, an indescribable inner happiness that she shares with all whom she meets. Alicia is a true activist advocating for both human beings and animals. Again, another big commonality. All the way from her childhood home in Oxford, Michigan to New York City, where I am. Uh, she also served as the first female president of the La Jolla Village Merchants Association in San Diego, California. Fiercely Optimistic Headquarters. That's her, that's her company, Fiercely Optimistic, correct? Yes. Very good. The headquarters are located both in La Jolla, California and New York City, but all services are currently offered virtually. That means wherever you are in the world, you can be a client. And will you want to be a client? Well, let's find out in this interview. <laughs> welcome, Alicia. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Tony. <laughs> you're quite welcome. I love what you're about. I, you know, I was a life coach. I did that for a, some years. Uh, now I'm the head of a technological coaching company, which we're striving to launch our app, which I, I claim is going to revolutionize self-help. We'll see if, I, if, if it's bombastic or not, but I love personal development. I love self-help. I love coaching. Uh, you know, so great. I love spirituality. We're going to get into that. You know, a lot of people think that spirituality is just like, is like esoteric or is this something for religion? Not at all. You know, we are, even if you don't realize that you're a spiritual creature, you have a spiritual essence and a spiritual side, even if you're completely oblivious to it. We, we, you know, and, and you know, I have a protege, by the way, and when we study right now, we're studying Marcus Aurelius, and he talks about the soul a lot. And, and, and the, for the purposes of that course, I, I 
took I define the soul or the spirit as our highest values. When we operate from our highest values, we're operating from our soul, from our spirit. What do you think about that, Alicia? Absolutely. I think that there's an innate truth within us and our authentic self is often covered up by societal norms or the perspective of our family um, instead of just the spiritual being that we were born to be. Even before I became a NLP practitioner, uh, which I've been, I was interested in for a long time before I finally became certified and, and, and a coach, I realized that the one, perhaps the greatest struggle that every person has, other than some physical hardships, is the struggle to be their true self. <laughs> There's so much pressure from the world to conform, right? To be assimilated, to toe the party line. And it's very, it's a lot of pressure. And depending on your own resilience or, or values or goals or perhaps circumstances, it's one that I think that is a lot of people don't really uh, become victorious in that struggle. They just acquiesce to get along. What do you think yeah. about that? Unfortunately, I do feel though that it becomes easier as you know one gets older um, because you realize the significance and how it feeds you and how it truly does allow you to be happy because you're not dealing with a daily friction. You are finding acceptance of who you who you really are. I have found this quite a difference, quite a distinction between acceptance, which is really the desired state. That's the state. Now, the, the two, perhaps the two greatest states or two of the greatest, gratitude and acceptance, all right? Uh, but I, I have also, I found that there's quite a distinction between acceptance, which is an, a non-protestation. There's no protest. And resignation. <laughs> I give up. I'm not going to strive for what's right or for the better thing or for my goal. I give up and I just get along and, you know, and try to not cry too much. <laughs> I found this quite a distinction, but uh, I, acceptance is, you know, I'm, I happen to be talking, you, you know, I know you, you're going to, we're going to talk about struggles and hardship. I'll, I'll mention some of mine. I happen to be a recovering addict, been so clean and sober over 21 years. And, and that was, that was really hard, you know, uh, to finally achieve sobriety. But it's all based on acceptance. The twelve, you know, I and I was in AA and NA, uh, and, and the steps were all about acceptance, uh, and and, it's, and that's not just reserved for recovering addicts. Acceptance is where it's at, you know. Except my own uh, foibles, uh, deficiencies, character defects, as they use in the rooms of uh, Narcotics Anonymous, whatever you want to say, you know, problems. Accepting them is is the way the best way to approach them if not solve them you know you then you could define the problem and then think about solutions choose a, a course of action and, and go for it but let's get into my first question sure <laughs> what does it mean to live a spiritual life the beauty about being human and also being a spiritual being is that it's there's no one definition Everyone is on different levels, different pages, just different parts of their life where certain things need to be nurtured. So really, that's something that is a very personal question for an individual in this moment, right? And it can absolutely change tomorrow. So with that, 
I feel that as long as there is something that allows you to feel connected and it doesn't even, you know, especially for those that don't necessarily feel connected to spirit or anything that is spiritual, I, I always take it back to this word of connectedness. What, what makes you feel connected? And, and that is just living a heart-centered life. And whatever those little baby steps are, that's what needs to be implemented daily. How would you define the spirit? It, it's everything. It's everywhere. It's, it's you and I. It's this chair. It's the sun. It's, it, everything is spiritual. And when you start to advance to that level and understand that, I mean, we don't even see all of the colors in the world right? We don't, we, we can't with our normal hearing hear our plants, but our plants sing to us. They sing when they're being watered. So everything is spiritual. It's just a matter of taking the time and shifting your perspective to actually see it. Absolutely. You know, as a practitioner of neuro-linguistic, neuro-linguistic programming, are you familiar with NLP? I am. Yes. And uh, one of the things we learn, you know, and basically, you know, basically psychology is the, the science or the approach of, of, you know, why we think what we think or don't think. And NLP is the psychology of how we think. And one of the things we learn is, is about uh, preliminarily is about the brain and the brain. You know, we think, for, for example, we see through our eyes. No, no. We see in our brain. The eye is just a portal of light <laughs> into the brain. And we are always filtering out massive data. We do that by necessity. Otherwise we would instantly go insane with all the data that is around us. That is either in the visible spectrum or the, uh, all these other spectrums or, or frequencies. We are in a world so rich with information and you can talk about it in, phys in terms of physics, or you could talk about it in terms of spirituality. And there's a lot of overlap between those two. You know, people don't realize, oh, one's science and one's, you know, uh, woo-woo. No, no. <laughs> there's, there's more, more enmeshment than you might, uh, that you may realize. But there's so much going on around us. And oftentimes we don't see the solutions or we don't all, all we see are the problems and, 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 the, and how we're not going to negativity when the pot, when positivity uh, and, and solutions and richness and so many better things to think about are all around us. And I, I think that's a paraphrasing of what you just said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of parts that we have to retrain you know, the mind is a drunk monkey. It's like <laughs> yep. there, it's running around, right? That's that's where meditation comes in and stillness comes in. And then also having the strength to stop and look at a situation that maybe you do immediately see as a problem and say, why is this happening for me? Because it's not happening to me. Right, right. I, I love what you said about quieting the mind. You know, I strive to practice meditation and when I'm, uh, and when I say meditation, I mean the art or uh, of silencing the mind. Uh, and I am rarely successful. I am rarely, I rarely get to silence my mind after you know hours and hours of meditation. If I get uh, thirty seconds, I consider it uh, a, a victory. <laughs> it's so difficult. I, you know, and I don't say that as a problem. I mean that it just needs more practice, you know, and that it's so rewarding when I have that moment 
of silence without this chatter. Oh my God. It's and then we'll come to that. What's what's what can be what's useful from that? A lot. A lot. It, it helps to get a more of a, a response time. Don't respond right. things, respond to things quickly. Have a pause. Know that I don't have to respond. I can just observe. Yeah, no response is a response. <laughs> right. Well, yes, right. Uh, and it's a damn good one. <laughs> or, or and then and then talking about uh you know what you do, it's quite you know not making a judgment you, you know, that's a big part of what you're about is not being non-judgmental and that's where it's at you know i think shakespeare you know without being cliche said you know uh nothing is good or bad but but thinking makes it so uh and you can make a you know a judgment of of things that are bad or good but you know they you know what i i have a, a little saying that I, I i'm pretty fond of is that labels are very useful up until they're not <laughs> yeah i <laughs> right up well, until they put into a box yeah. and and that's the thing is that we have to stop putting ourselves in these boxes a label a majority of the time is unhelpful well i i agree with you but not i mean we're not looking to agree we're looking to have a great conversation which we are already yeah. uh i i agree with you i think that labels are necessary but then there comes a point when they're they're detrimental You've got, yeah. and then if you go beyond, you're in the area of detriment. So, you know, don't overly label or don't let it, if if, a lay, if you're making labels or judgments and and there's suffering, there's negativity or there's, you know, uh, conflict, then you're probably in the area uh, where you don't, where you shouldn't be or couldn't, or perhaps could re retreat back before you make that label and just, you know, maybe give a, the uh someone that's the uh a doubt you know the you know or or just or you know delay making a judgment maybe gather more information you know this our feelings are signals <laughs> right so what we feel are signals to ourselves uh about what's going on within us so if we're having quote unquote negative feelings that's an alert to us about what you know that we can have a, a greater self-examination, a greater insight, and perhaps making a judgment is something to be avoided. So I don't like to call, you know, think about things in a blanket way. Oh, don't make judgments. I, don't, I think that's way too simplistic. But I absolutely agree that making judgments can be the one thing that if you do, if you stop doing it, you can have a, a, a it can be a game changer, a life changer for you. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel that there's a very vast difference between having an observation and being judgmental. An oh. observation is seeing it for what it is and allowing there to be acceptance. Judgment is when you see it for what it is, but you want to change it, right? That's where the judgment comes in. And in terms of putting, you know, these labels on, I do feel like, especially um, with an individual who does start to see that they have a problem with alcohol or drugs or anything of that nature, um, emotional immaturity, you name it. Yeah, maybe in the beginning, a label is good to get you to take that first step. But what I don't like to see are people who are 10, 20, 30 years sober describing themselves as addicts. I'm, I don't feel that that's helpful. I right. think that again, it's 
keeping you into this box. I totally concur. You know, uh, I always, you know, I don't like, I, I, like I said, I'm not a member of Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous anymore, but they were instrumental in my early years of recovery. But I, even at the outset, my early recovery, I never identified myself, and we do a lot of that in the rooms, as, as a mere addict or an alcoholic, which most of them do. I'm not an addict or alcoholic anymore. That Those people drink or use drugs uh, uncontrollably. That's the definition of that. I always qualify it as not just a recovering or sometimes recovered uh, as a grateful. I put that extra qualifier there because it remind me that that's the state that I, I always want to be in. State of gratitude. In state of gratitude, all these judgments that we're talking about, these labels, right? And, 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 and their associated negative feelings, they're dissipate, they're gone. I don't have them. I just, I'm grateful, I'm recovering. I'm not trapped by any old behaviors or any desire to change my feelings. I accept that as they are. You know, that talking about that's, I think that's one of the things, one of the reasons why we we uh label or judge something is we want to change a feeling say like something is making us feel bad if i label it or judge it maybe i can feel some sense of superiority or right or and now say again or control control right exactly right which of course was beneath that fear right <laughs> right so we, we put that out there but you know the at the the, the I've, I've long contended that the the, the master skill of any recovering alcoholic or addict, and this and this is for any person too, because it's very common, is the, the ability to feel their feelings. What am I feeling? Have that insight. What am I feeling? Can you can you here here here's a label? Can you I put a name on it? Because that just become that's just an awareness, you know, uh, inner awareness as well as outer awareness are critical things, and the greater we have them, the better off we are. The better off we the less we'll judge outside and not judge our insides, but just be aware of it. Well, and I think that that's a really valuable lesson and approach is understanding what your emotions are. And when, when I break down most individuals childhood, that's not taught, you know, that people don't even understand the difference between frustration and anger. There's a difference, right? But they, they say one or the other. And I'm like, no, you're mislabeling it. We have to learn to define that. My girlfriend gets a little annoyed at me sometimes when, you know, very often she'll, she'll say, oh, I feel good. I feel bad. I'm like, uh, that's a feeling. Uh, no, it's not. That's, those are just, those are just adjectives. What's the feeling when we get into more accuracy, then we get into more, a greater grasp of reality. You know, when we exaggerate, when we use those, such uh, vague terms as good and bad, we're not we're not seeing things as clearly as as can be helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah go on, then, but that just goes down to the root of what's going on. Right. So it gets you there faster, which isn't that the goal? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you, know, well, you want to waste time. Is that what you want to do? Waste time and, and effort and energy? Great stuff. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with Alyssa Harlishin. Harlishin. Harlishin Frank. Don't forget. That's your married name, right? That's my maiden name. Wait, Harlishin is your maiden name? No, Harlishin Frank is my maiden name. Okay, very good. We'll come right <laughs> back with Alyssa Harlishin Frank. This episode of Self Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. Ever heard of accelerated learning techniques? 
What if you learned more deeply than ever before? What if you remembered what you learned far better than ever before? Visit www.proficio.io. That's proficio.io, where you can understand perhaps better than ever before. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a wonderful organic conversation with Alicia Horalition Frank. Great stuff. We're talking about spirituality, feelings, judgment, or, or, or the inverse of that, non-judgment. Great stuff. I'm really enjoying this conversation, Alicia. Thank you so much for being here. What's the easiest way to practice patience? You know, we talked about some things that preface it. Now we're coming to patience because a lot of, you know, we hear about these good things to do. Oh yeah, let me not be judgmental. Let me, you know, achieve this goal. But then you run out of patience and then, then, then you then you find yourself being judgmental or giving up on the goal or all these positive aspirations you may have had because you just, well, uh, you know, you know, as a, as a life coach or as a coach, whatever, or as a person here on planet earth, I have found that there is no failure up until you quit. That's when it's over. You have not failed until that point. Uh, I don't care how long the endeavor is. If you're still striving for it, you're in the game. But when what, what precedes the quitting? Running out of patience, <laughs> right? So this is a critically important thing, right? So what's the easiest way to practice patience? Well, I, I feel that compassion is the answer. I mean, the easiest approach is being in tune with your own breath, right? And understanding if you are starting to feel something that's going to veer you away from being patient. But realistically, we have to understand the bigger picture, which is it doesn't matter what your situation is in every moment you're trying your best, right? And we have to give that credit to those around us as well. So just finding that compassion, finding that moment and, and giving that grace as much as we can. I, I, you know, there are a lot of things in life where we can do, we can come to, we can analyze uh, and think about something analytically or scientifically and, and come to a conclusion where there is consequences that that may be unintended or or even unknown or disregarded. Uh, but when I have found that when I exercise, you know, I've often said, you know, like I said, I, you know, I recovered from addiction and I saw in my early years that what I needed more to have and practice more than anything was compassion <laughs> for myself as well as others. And, you know, and it starts with the self and, and compassion negates all those things I said that I described. Once, once I have compassion, then I don't want to treat you so tersely, so uh, mercilessly. Oh, you didn't do that. You, you said you were gonna do that. Yeah, you know, no, okay, maybe forgive or have mercy or understanding or love or, you know, empathy. <laughs> and what and then okay you know, there's no need to be so terse so, uh so curt uh so you know quip at people compassion changes that i don't have to have that that outcome that that result and that's a, and that's a great thing for everybody involved right so yeah, go on we we have to remember the four agreements right and i think that when we do point out someone's inability to finish a task or 
you know, not follow through on their word, what are we doing? We're probably making assumptions and likely taking it personal. Oh, so you don't love me or you don't respect me or you don't think that this is important. And it's like, well, it, it doesn't really matter what that situation is, right? We've got to come back to ourselves. And it's the same thing when we do start to identify people and their, um, or rather those that we are impatient with to stop and say, well, okay, we're projecting outward. What's really going on with ourselves? You mentioned the four agreements. For those who don't know, that is a self-help book published in the 90s by Don Miguel Ruiz, if I'm not mistaken. And it just, mm -hmm. go, it just expounds four simple agreements. Uh, do, you, do you recall what they are offhand? Yes. Um, do your best. Never take anything personal. Um, Be impeccable with your word impeccable with your word and never make assumptions fantastic if you can embrace any one of those axioms you will change your life no matter how enlightened you are now you know we can always do a little bit better or be a little bit better Absolutely. but those four simple truths or axioms or principles are life-changing you know that's i i love personal development you know i i created proficio which is a self-help, a virtual coaching program. And it's, it's an app, you know, because uh, everything's, everything's on the app now, right? Uh, but, um, and I found, I made it because I love personal development. I love self-help. Certainly, uh, you know, personal development, is, it doesn't have to be codified. You know, you want to improve yourself. That's personal development. That's the, that's the, that's the touchstone attitude. But I found that, Desire to the desire is, is the is the beginning place, but what often oftentimes we run out of patience and we quit, right? Or we get and we get distracted and then then we're on to something else or get negative. But if if we're going to really develop personally or improve the self self help, uh, we've it's it's a never ending process. You know, you, you're, uh, one is never going to achieve perfection. Uh, the, the, the real deal we have to do is to accept ourselves no matter what our state, no matter mm -hmm. what our circumstances, no matter what our quote unquote failures are and, and keep striving. You know, we're, we're not, life is not a, life is a, quite frankly, a tragic affair. I don't say that with negativity. I say that with, but being truthful, you know, it's life suffering is all around and always will be death is inevitable for every single creature that's alive uh and i i, I said that without what's that the death of the physical body that's it absolutely <laughs> absolutely i didn't i didn't say anything else i wasn't implying anything else alicia uh absolutely but i don't say that with any any uh you know negativity or you know or impatience that's the perfect design. We're designed to die, the body, because that's the perfection of it. If we can understand it, we will have less of a problem with it. Uh, but this, so, but it's not something that life is not easy. I can tell you that from experience. I'm 56 years old, and I've had a lot of struggle, uh, disappointment, or I have less disappointment and frustration. Even though, you know, I talk about my app, Proficio. I've had four years of pre-development, four years of development. We formed this company, Auxilium LLC. This is 
a technological coaching company with my partner. We've four years of development and we've had all these setbacks and disappointments. We're finally going to launch. Quite, you know, and I, I mentioned I was, I'm, I'm a recovered addict. I was homeless in Los Angeles uh, when I went out there to pursue my acting career. I've had all these struggles. This is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And you know what? It's all wonderful. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not coming to, to pretend that it, the struggle doesn't exist, the hardships, you know, the tears. You know, there's a great saying I heard in the rooms years ago. In life, um, a misery is 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 optional but pain is inevitable and i don't but you know or you can you can switch that around if that makes better sense in your brain in life uh pain is inevitable but misery is optional but that that doesn't make life bad that and just because this there's suffering and sickness that doesn't make life bad you know we want to empathize with people and have compassion for people help people help ourselves but personal development is is that the the tacit program and mission of every person to develop a greater understanding of, of the self the spirit and the world that's my contention no i mean absolutely it's we're we're here to learn this is a learning planet and the more that we can take self-responsibility and understand what the bigger gifts are um makes it a lot easier and those You know, when you're in them, it's sometimes a little bit more difficult to find the grace of it. Um, but you can, it's possible. And, you know, that's not to override the emotions that are there. You can still absolutely cry and be angry and go through what that is. It's just that it's more about allowing yourself to sit with it and identify it and let it go instead of burying it down and then moving forward with this chip on your shoulder you know the, the, and then of then when you look back at a, a moment of homelessness and um that time i was very grateful for for it and now i look back at it and it was like it was probably the most free I'd ever been. We had a slight connectivity issue. You said you were homeless as well. I did. I lost, um, I lost everything at one point and oh. I was, I didn't have a home for almost a year. And Where were you? I was in New York, New York were, city. I was in LA. Now I'm back in the home from New York, but you were in New York. Now I know you went to NYU. So was that during, before or after you went to NYU? Oh, I was actually enrolled in school when I was homeless. So I turned into, thank God I had such beautiful friends around me that saw my bigger picture of what I was trying to achieve and, you know, were allowing me to couch surf. So I couch surfed for a, for a year. And um, yeah, it's it was amazing, especially because as you know, NYU is quite a prestigious school and there's there's a lot of money there. And I was so dirt poor. I had nothing. And I was just like, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to get through this. And, and it, it worked out. It worked out in ways that I had no idea. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for. I, like I mentioned, I'm studying Marcus Aurelius right now. And uh, he talks about Providence a lot. 
And 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 I was of the mind that that you know this it's a, it's a cliche that everything happens for a reason. I didn't really buy that. I said okay, I, you know I would I would counter with oh yes, it's very often a stupid reason, but you know what? I have really softened on that, and I've really come more and more to subscribe and embrace the idea that everything does happen for a reason. Why? So that the better thing can happen in the future, and and you can you could argue well you know that event was not necessarily necessary or it could have went elsewhere all right but that's all speculation things happen as they happen you can make all sorts of conjecture and 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 analysis as you want but the fact is things happen and they happen you can deny them you can put a new shade on them but they happen and so the, life is always saying <clears throat> what are you going to do next that's the question that life is always begging what are you going to do next what are you doing now yes but the, 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 there's always the next moment but when we have you know hardships like we were both homeless well whatever everybody has hardships or disappointments or frustrations uh it's not over you're still breathing <laughs> you still have feelings you still have consciousness that's the universal experience that's the collective uh and um we don't and what and life is saying what's going to happen next so what are you going to do what are right. you going to do? Are you going to stay homeless? Or are you going to get that degree? And you're going to become, have a, a great coaching career or whatever, you know, uh, and then learn some things, get some humility, you get some greater perspective along the way, you know, absolutely. Well, and, and I think that the universe whispers, right. And, and I know personally before, you know, this whole, I, there was a lot more leading up to that of, of hardship and tragedy. And, you know, I was listening to my ego at that point because my ego was saying, you know, you need to do this and go there. And, and I was like, yeah, you're right. I'm capable of doing this. And all of that had to be literally ripped away from me where I had nothing. And I was like, what step am I going to take? And I knew I had to take that step forward. So, you know, that's another reason why we do have to be so in tune with ourselves and be able to define the difference between our soul, our spirit, and our ego, because the ego will mislead you. And Absolutely. it, you know, when we get a little bit higher into the understanding of the ego, the ego is actually here to protect us, but it's not doing it in the way that we can often identify. So, you know, it's, it's very, it's a very great area to talk about, but it's it's a beautiful journey to explore and evolve into. It's one of my favorite subjects, actually. And, uh, you know, the ego is 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 just our self-identity. That's who we think we are. But we have to understand when we when we have this self-identity, you know, is it's all constructed. The entire thing is constructed. I happen. My name happened to be Tony Petroza. What if my parents named me uh, Henry? All of a sudden, I'm Henry Petroza. So am I Tony Petroza? Now I'm Henry Petroza. What if they had a different last name? So, okay, now now um, I'm Henry Horolition. You know, and that's just, that's his names. But it's a whole thing is constructed. So who is the true self? Well, I contend uh, that the true self is something more than we can ever even realize or, or really gra grasp with certainty. Whatever I think I am, I'm more than that. I am more than what I think I am. Great. Yeah, your spirit, your your everything. My friend, uh, another another friend of mine who's spiritual as well. You know, I, it's it's commonly 
said that we are spiritual beings having human experience. And I concur with that. He'll say, no, no, we are, uh, he'll say we're human beings having a, uh, a spiritual experience. Like, oh, well, you're just trying to be clever, Adam. Uh, uh, whichever it is, we're both. I'm human, I'm spirit, here I am. Uh, what are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah, I mean, which is more satisfying? <laughs> right, I'll, I'll lean that direction where I get more satisfaction. Great mm -hmm. stuff, Alicia. Let's take a moment to hear from our sponsor and we'll come right back with Alicia Harlishan. Great, Harlishan Frank. I can't forget the Frank part. <laughs> Great stuff, Alicia. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Proficio. What is the key to wealth? It's not just making money. It's not wasting it, avoiding debt and costly mistakes. To get the wealth mindset, visit www.proficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can start acting like a millionaire instead of just dreaming to be one. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petroza. We're having a great conversation with Alicia Harlish and Frank. We're talking about a number of things. Now I'm going to get into some of the darker, if you will, uh, parts of our discussion. And we're going to talk about, well, let me just ask you, uh, Alicia, where does one start if one suffers from anxiety, stress, or depression. And we talk about a lot of great stuff, but what if you can, you know, what if you're like, oh my God, that's too far and that's too remote. I just, I feel like crap. Okay, what about that? Well, anxiety is fear of the future, right? To sum it up briefly and quickly. And depression is of fear or regret or guilt of the past. So really both of those things are to do with not being present. And that's not to say that there isn't healing work to be done because oftentimes there is. It's, it's about this really beautiful, transparent honesty that we have to be with ourselves. And I think, you know, kind of going back and touching on the, this ego, right? Um, we, if someone identifies as a happy person, a successful person, a, you know, loving individual, they're probably not making a lot of space for themselves to be sad or fucking angry, right? And it's like, they need that. So put that self, the this idea of the self aside, come into who you actually are and give yourself that space to shed through and, and to write what it is that you're feeling about a situation, a past situation, a future situation. Be honest with yourself and then have the courage to honestly let it go. Letting go of things is a critical thing. You know, something I learned long ago is that when we say we're letting, we're gonna, we let go of something, we, and the truth is we don't let go of shit, <laughs> right? I was like, I'm letting go. Uh, what, can I open my hand and release it? No, uh, you have to open the hand and release it. And I, when I coach people, sometimes I actually physically and literally have them do that to give them a physical demonstration. But letting go is a critical part of it. But, you know, getting a person to move out of this stuck state of depression or a person to to reduce or eliminate their anxiety because they fear something happening in the future that they dread. Uh, that I have found that, you know, I certainly I'm, a, I'm slightly biased as a coach, that there is when there's nothing like the help of another in, in, in this situation especially someone who's trained and has some expertise in it, like we coaches, uh, you know, but when I was a life coach, 
if someone came to me uh, and was di had a diagnosis from a psychologist, I would not, I would not take them on as clients because for legal reasons, that's there's there's the realm of therapists and there's the realm of coaches. I mean, and I I say I often say that therapists help help clients reconcile with the past, and coaches help uh, uh, clients pursue goal pursue things in the future goals right uh but then but between those two where are we the present that's where all the magic happens no matter what direction no matter what modality no matter what the person you're dealing with no matter who you are what you want to do now is the time now is where the magic happens and and i'll also contend that all the magic happens outside the comfort zone okay I, oh yeah here's where i'm comfortable but how do you feel what's going on yeah, I'm comfortable in my misery. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Right. <laughs> yeah, so so can you get into any more precision or, or any more granularity about dealing with anxiety or stress or, or depression? Well, I, I, again, I think it needs to be identified, right? And um, when it is associated with whatever you think it's associated with, start to follow back those roots and, and understand what they're truly tied to. They are often tied to the four agreements, which, you know, going back to that um, and, and knowing what our triggers and traumas are. Sometimes we don't even understand what those are um, until we are, you know, in our thirties or forties or fifties, because we, we've been, I want for, you know, lack of a better phrase, survival mode, where we're just like trying to be a part of this community society and, and getting by, um, that we don't take the time to truly understand and look at what emotional health is. So it's really about that. And then I feel like it's a very blanketed statement, but it honestly kind of works 98% of the time is when we get down to what that frustration is or that anxiety or the, de the depression, those feelings are, what the truth of the matter is, is all you wanted was to be loved in that moment. And you didn't feel that you were, or you didn't feel seen or heard. And when you start to understand that, that level of forgiveness comes in. And from forgiveness is where you can actually let it go. And you start to relieve yourself of that weight. I totally concur. And, and one of the great challenges is that desire to be loved might be 10 levels deep. <laughs> and you go down a couple of levels and discover something. Oh, this is it. This, you know, this, you know, no, but, and think we're there. We got to go a little deeper because it, 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 putting a Band-Aid on, on a gash is not is not a good medicine. You got to go deeper, in, in you've got to get to not necessarily the root, but there's nothing like the root. The root, <laughs> the root, you know, is systemic. You know, brings the system. So uh, absolutely, and I also you mentioned the word. Oh, I mentioned the word stress. Uh, you know, when I worked as a coach one on one, uh, and in my own experience. Certainly when we have pressures from life that, that can be stressful and, you know, finances, you know, other necessities, relationship. Uh, but I, and I don't, I don't um, challenge that at all. But what I also found that one of the greatest stresses that we also have is when we start something, but don't complete it. 
<laughs> and we when we walk around all these incompletions and when we call them stress we call it stress when I, but that so i found the helping person or myself completing something and i was you know and i you know i'm the first person to tell you i was the i was a great starter world's greatest starter world's worst finisher <laughs> right so i wow. seek to turn that around change that that's in the past for me i always strive to finish anything i start uh, and it, and because of it, I don't get stress, at least in that area. You know, I, the other area, perhaps other areas, but not that one. And that's a big one that most people don't realize. Yeah, no, I think that that's a valid point. And I'd even say that for books, right? Because, yes. you know, you start reading a book and you're like, I'm not really into this. I always say, just finish it because that is being put into a filing system in your brain that you don't need to be thinking about the book you didn't finish four years ago. Um, but yeah, completing tasks and, and also making everything attainable. I too believe in a third party um, just for healing purposes and understanding the self. And even furthermore, I think that are, we're so smart. We're such smart human beings that even if you don't qualify what, what the maybe definition of victim mentality is, our brains can work a way into becoming a victim without it being very evident. And this is where the third party comes in and says, okay, I'm calling you out on this because you're making excuses. You're not taking responsibility. These are the things that I see and how we can get you to a place of self-responsibility that does actually allow for you to transition into a better part of your life. So it's, it's all connected. Absolutely. I, I mean, I concur a hundred percent, as I mentioned several times, you know, in, in personal development, self-help, which there's not, they're not simply, they can be synonymous, but there's distinction as well. Anyway, uh, I have started many personal development books and not finished. And that was one of the, one of the problems I realized that was inherent, <coughs> excuse me, in self-help. And when I, I saw, when I created Proficio, which is a virtual coaching program, I realized that was the first problem I had to solve because we, 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 we heard the sizzle of the steak and we ordered it, but we never even ate it. Right. <laughs> and so people, people buy books, don't even start it. Or of course don't even start it. Never mind, finish it. <laughs> that's, that's more common. So Proficio solves that problem and what, and how does it do it? Well, it's an automation certainly, but what is it? it is what you said it is a third party. That's the beauty of it. it's automation. People love that don't because a lot of people fear the judgment. They fear that us coaches or us, because we're humans like they are, we're going to judge them. I think most people are not into self-help because they fear failure. That's why. I mean, they, if they thought they could have everything they, they would want, they would be into, so into self-help, but they fear failing. So that's why the, most people are not into. Even less people are into coaching, people like you and me, because they don't want to be judged. They feel they're going to be judged or they feel they're going to be scrutinized or they feel they're going to be pressured when they want to quit again. So, you know, we, and we are, and we, you and I are, you know, we're on missions uh, uh, to whatever degree to do what we do and help people and maybe change that mindset if we can, because that's, 
if we, if that mindset that, that's prevalent could change, we would have many more clients. I don't say that as a greed, greedy business person. We're, we're, we're on missions, you and I, where we want to help people. We want to help ourselves, certainly, but we know we also know that the best way to help ourselves is by helping others. And, uh, and by hel helping others get what they want, then we get more of what we want. But the point I'm, I'm making is <clears throat> that when no man is an island or no woman is an island, you know, they're asking for help and receiving it, that's a critical part, is, is actually the mark of a great person. That's how you, you know, by myself, I can do very good things, but it's only in cooperation that I do great things. And I mean, I say that with the utmost sincerity. There's no smoke blowing. I really believe that. And that's could be cooperation in a great endeavor, endeavor with a collective or working with a coach, a third party. Co I cooperate with you, you cooperate with me. And we, we work together in moving in the direction that we want to go, maybe even achieve goals. That's where it's at. Absolutely. And, and we are part of a collective. We're part of the community. And when we're doing the work for ourselves, we are healing our neighbors. We are healing our, our family, family generational trauma. It, it really truly is a, a beautiful space. And, you know, when it does come to self-help books, I've, I've said this for day, from day one of starting my practice that, you know, I do not recommend anyone doing using any kind of self-help book by themselves because you get stuck in your head, right? And it's like, that's exactly what we want to avoid. We need you to voice what you think because oftentimes what your thought is in your head, when it comes out of your mouth, you make the correlation and connection that it's not even real or it's so far-fetched that it's like, I can't believe this is something that I am even thinking. It doesn't truly make sense. So it's about having that beautiful support team. And, and that's another aspect of what I am coaching people is that I never want someone to be just reliant on myself and my services, because I, I don't think that that, um, you know, really does anyone very good. And I help them identify in their lives who it is that their support system is. Absolutely. Right, and then they can grow from there. Totally concur. I, I mean, I said it at the outset when I first met you. I got the energies. We are from the same tribe. You and I are in the same tribe, dear woman. We, that's. I mean, I wholeheartedly concur. I mean, I I want to improve the world. I also know that the best way for me to do that is to improve myself. But I want to help people, and and there is so much healing and help to go around as long as we as long as I can be compassionate and, and and be as sincere and humble the more sincere and humble I am the better off everyone is great stuff let's Absolutely. I'm sorry Alicia okay great let's take okay yeah. go on please <laughs> I am sorry about that I was just going to say, you know, acts of service and being of service to people, it is the quickest way for you to get out of your own way. Totally. Totally. Let's take our final break for, to hear from our sponsor and we'll come back with the last segment with Alicia Harlish and Frank. Great stuff, Alicia. I really, I'm, I'm sorry to say that. Well, almost sorry to say goodbye in, in shortly, but this has been a wonderful conversation. And the great thing about it, it's all being recorded for playback perpetually. Great stuff. This episode of Self-Help Coaching is brought to you by Perficio. What if you could get the results of being coached without a human coach? 
What if a computer could coach you? Visit www.perficio.io. That's P-E-R-F-I-C-I-O dot I-O, where you can get coached without scrutiny, judgment, or pressure. You're listening to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast with me, your host, Tony Petrozo. And we're unfortunately, we're in the final segment with Alicia Harvelish and Frank. Great conversation talking about all very fascinating, interesting, beneficial stuff, very valuable stuff for the listener, I think. Uh, and uh, we've, we've tunge, touched a number of facets, but I'm going to ask my final question is, how can I instantly become happier today? That's a tough question. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you're, on, you're on the hot seat, woman. <laughs> you know, I think that it actually goes back to what I said just before the break, which is be of service. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's something simple like pay it forward or having a conversation with an elderly person at the grocer, um, you know, reaching out to people, donating your time. When we start to stop being so selfish and in our own ways and just really giving from a place of being heart-centered, your whole world changes. I can't imagine, I honestly cannot imagine living my life out of, without being able to, to serve people and to help people and, and to be a part of community in this form I I really can't and and I feel that in the toughest times of my life every time I went to a place of giving it it just made me feel so much better absolutely uh yeah I I certainly we're selfish you know genetically but then there's something there's then there's way beyond the 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 instinct okay that's the problem that's the issue that you're talking about but there's a there's two sides of this balance we have to be selfish to a degree and we have to be selfless to a degree uh not to be uh pretend to be saints uh or to pretend to be some altruistic model but because the in that balance is where it's at that's where it's at exactly I, I, you know, I say that, listen, I'm, I'm the greatest proponent for individuality, but the, all, you also must be a team player in whatever context or whatever group or whatever collective it may be, there has to be both, both. Right. We have, we have to live a heart centered life. And when, when we are in that space, we want to give and we want to allow ourselves to be a part of something of the greater good and that exists and we create that ourselves uh, oh that is the perfect ending we create that ourselves alicia this has been a fantastic conversation with you do you have any final remarks for the audience no this has been fabulous thank you so much for having me tony <laughs> you're quite welcome i understand that you have a, a discount that you're offering Yes, I'm offering um, a discounted rate for my six session packages, package rather, um, just so that people can start to come into their own inner happiness and um, see the beauty and the momentum that we can create in such a short period of time, really either weekly or biweekly sections in six to 12 weeks, um, and to witness how 
taking self-responsibility and starting to, you know, quote unquote, do the work, (laughs) um, really levels us up and allows us to be our authentic selves. Absolutely. Great stuff. Really. uh, This has been a really fantastic conversation. It's been really a joy for me to experience. And I'm so glad that it's going to be a podcast for anyone to check out. Uh, Great stuff. I really appreciate you being here, meeting you, wonderful person. Uh, And uh, thank you. Thanks again. And I want, uh, how do people get a hold of you? I'm not going to forget that. Oh, fiercelyoptimistic.com. Okay, great. And, and you will have a profile page. So I encourage you to go to fiercelyoptimistic.com. No hyphens, right? And that is Alicia's website. There's a place out in California and here in New York. Great stuff. Alicia, thanks again. And I want everyone to remember that we're all responsible for ourselves and we can all use a little help. And with that, thanks for joining the podcast. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Self-Help Coaching Podcast, where insights, attitudes, and methods for success get illuminated. Learn what leaders and change workers have done and are doing now to create magnificent futures. Remember to visit our website at self-helpcoaching.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Self-Help Coaching Podcast.